There's a lot of storylines for the Arizona State Sun Devils football program this year, and we're going to talk about a few of them on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. If you like content, be sure that you check out all my work with all Sun Devils powered by Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated. You can find every link that you need on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrad36. You can find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And you can find all Sun Devils at all Sun Devils. With all that in mind, there's like no reason for you to not be in tune with everything that's going on with Arizona State. Speaking of which, let's hop into today's conversation. That, of course, being storylines for Arizona State Sun Devils football. It was really hard to narrow it down to the three that I'm going to go over, one for each segment in today's podcast. There are a lot of storylines this year. Offensively, defensively, special teams, the coaching, athletic director, wins and losses, what's going to happen this year, what's going to happen moving forward. There's so many things that we can sit here and talk about. But I'm narrowing it down to three for now. But do not be surprised if we end up breaking down more and more as the season progresses. But we are right around the corner from getting some of these questions answered. Spring practice, or not spring practice, excuse me. Training camp is coming up very, very soon here within like the next week or so as they're quickly starting to have open houses and lots of interviews, uh, so on and so forth. Stuff like that is all getting done right now. And before we know it, training camps around the corner, and then we're going to have kickoff here within just over a month. It's coming up very, very fast. And one of the questions that I have starting off here, offensively, what's this going to look like? I think we all have a general idea of what the offense is going to be based off of what we know. What we know is Arizona State is very good at running the football. They were averaging over 200 yards on the ground a game last year with a 1,000-yard runner, a quarterback that ran for 700 yards, and a couple other guys behind the lead runner who were rushing for uh, more than a handful of yards every game. It was, it was a power-dominated run game with a mediocre to uh, average passing attack in, in a best-case scenario. So looking at this year, it, it doesn't appear like there's much difference in, in terms of what to expect. Now, with what's there, yes, there's there's a lot of differences because your quarterback, Jaden Daniels, is gone. Two of your running backs, Rashad White and Chip Tranum, are gone. You're missing two of your offensive linemen and Kellen Deesh and Donovan West to the NFL. So there is a lot of change in terms of personnel. But in terms of what's going to be working for the program, a lot of it's the same. Emory Jones is coming in from Florida to be the quarterback. Him and Jaden Daniels feel like carbon copies of each other with Emery feeling like the, a little bit more 
of an explosive athlete than Jaden was. The run game, you know, Rashad White's gone. In comes the Xavier Valaday transfer from Wyoming. Both guys similar builds. Both guys catch the ball well and proven runners. Chip Tranum is gone. Stepping up is the guy behind him, Daniel Nagata, who looked very, very good last year. The offensive line is still, you know, kind of a question mark. We don't know exactly if this is going to be a great unit or a pedestrian unit, but there are very good pieces on this offensive line, including Ladarius Henderson, who I have a feeling is going to be a very important player for the offense entirely this year. So looking at the strengths of the team, it's probably still going to be running the football. You know, you've got Nagata, you've got Valade, who are going to headline your running back group. There's some interesting guys behind them, like freshman Tevin White. You've got George Hart Jr. is a guy that no one's talking about. And someone that I'm kind of excited about is Deontay Elliott. So there, there's a lot of interesting talent in this backfield that I feel like kind of gets slept on to a certain extent. Now, in terms of passing, it's the same, it's the same thing as last year. You know, it feels like this is more than likely going to be a pretty mediocre group. If for no other reason than like there, there is very little proven on this team right now. You know, last year we went in with hopes that Ricky Pearsall would take a step forward. And he did. Ricky Pearsall did in fact, take a step forward, but Andre Johnson did not progress the way that we had hoped considering the expectations that we had for him heading into the year. You had LV Bunksy Shelton was a stud. I absolutely loved him. It was a bummer that he transferred. Uh, Johnny Wilson felt like a guy who just popped up every other game, something like that. You didn't have very many impacts from any other players across the board. Well, all the players, or not all the players, besides Andre Johnson, all those players are gone. Andre Johnson's back. Brian Thompson is back. He could be the number one receiver, but he's coming off a year. Recaught 13 passes for 130 yards. In comes Cam Johnson, a guy I'm very excited about, who was a proven receiver at Vanderbilt, caught 120 passes in his last three seasons with the Commodores. I think that he might come into this program and potentially be your number one receiver. Nonetheless, it, it is definitely a lot of unproven pieces here because we haven't gotten to see Andre Johnson consistent for a full season. We still don't know if Brian Thompson is going to adjust in his second year with Arizona State. Remember, he was a transfer last year from the University of Utah. So this is definitely a guy who's still trying to get adjusted to the program. How quickly has he picked it up? We're going to find out. And Cam Johnson, we need to we need to lower expectations and realize that he could he could have a Brian Thompson season and you know like quote unquote redshirt this year in terms of trying to get the system under his belt or he could come in and be great. I I don't really know, but obviously we just need we need to have some grace. Tight end position totally a question mark. Last year Curtis Hodges was a flash in the pan kind of player. You just didn't see it week to week. This year, I, I like Jalen Conyers quite a bit. I like Messiah Swenson quite a bit. I just don't know how involved they're going to be. So in terms of passing game, I, I feel like it's very similar to what you saw last year. Is You're likely going to have a very run-heavy, run-dominant team, and you're going to have a passing game that's it's going to have its weeks. And you're just, at, at least last year, you knew for sure that Ricky Pearsall was going to be reliable on a week-to-week basis. We don't know this year. This isn't me doubting Cam Johnson. This isn't me doubting Brian Thompson. This isn't me doubting Andre Johnson or anyone else that wants to step up. This is me simply saying that right now there's no proven guys on this team 
who have past success with the program. So it it's definitely a lot of unknown factor in the passing game. Not only that, but it's a new quarterback. It's 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 a guy who really only has one year of starting experience in college football. He he was primarily a backup to Kyle Trask previously at Florida. And there were times he got benched last year. So, I mean, there there's there's a lot of question marks in this passing game, but I feel like the run game checks off more boxes than it doesn't. Overall, I think it's just going to be a very similar offense to what we had last year for better or for worse where you're kind of married to what you saw last year at this point. And again, for better or for worse, I think that there's going to be weeks where you absolutely love it because you're going to be able to grind the clock. You're going to break the back of the defenses. You're going to keep opposing offenses cold and opposing defenses exhausted. And you're just going to be able to dictate the pace of the game to how you want to go. But on the reverse side, if you get down early and you're not able to pass the ball, you might find yourself on the wrong end of the of the scoreboard and convincingly so. So it, it's a lot of give and take here. The run game could be really great, but the passing game could be like just not up to par with the run game, which could cause you to be way off balance and not be able to consistently win football games week in and, win at, and week out because you just aren't able to play up to strengths on both on both sides of what you're trying to do offensively. If if you can run the ball great but you can't pass the ball, this isn't a team that's going to win 10 games. Same thing if you could pass the ball but not run the ball. It's not a team that's going to win 10 games. But if they can find a way to maintain a great balance between the two, and I mean, at this point you're really just asking for the passing game to take a step up because there's no reason the run game can't be elite again. But if the passing game can find a way to step up, then yeah, I don't see any reason why this can't be a good offense. Well, right now, storyline going in, bottom line here, it, it's it, it it's pretty much how different is it going to be from last year? I think that's my biggest question right now. Am I going to be looking at an offense that is entirely similar to what I saw a year ago? Or am I going to be looking at something that's a little bit different, maybe a little bit better, or you know, we're a, a little bit worse? Who knows? There, That's definitely probably the biggest storyline offensively just as a whole that we can garner there, but there's tons of small little individual storylines we can grab as well. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to hop into our second storyline to take a look at this year for the Arizona State Sun Devils football team. This, of course, is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you all covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As always, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Going into our next conversation here, we're flipping over to the defensive side of the ball. Surprise, surprise. Talk offense one, talk defense next. Same thing. I feel like there, there's tons of different conversations you can talk about, and none more specifically than the transfers. 
you lost two of your best players that were going into this year. Jermaine Lole, who was returning from a uh, injury a year ago, was projected by me and by plenty of other people to be the best player on the Arizona State Sunnivals football team. Second best player that I predicted, and I'm sure lots of people agree, was linebacker Eric Gentry, who was a freshman All-American a year ago and looked like the future at linebacker and the defense entirely for Arizona State. They're both gone to Louisville and to USC, respectively. It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to replace those guys. Not only that, but you lost Darian Butler and DJ Davidson and Jack Jones and Chase Lucas all to the NFL. Tyler Johnson is also in that group that's in the NFL now. You're also replacing two safeties in Evan Fields and in uh um oh oh my gosh, uh Pierce, DeAndre Pierce and, and DeAndre Pierce. You're replacing practically your whole secondary and 80% of your front seven. It's going to be a very new unit. You've got Kyle Sully and you've got Merlin Robertson back. Other than that, this really is a lot of brand new pieces. Yes, I like BJ Green to potentially take a big step forward this year. Yes, I like Omar Norman a lot. But these are guys that weren't exactly heavily featured until later on in the season. Can they do it for a full year? We're going to find out. Meanwhile, the secondary, what's going on there? Are we going to be able to reload? Remember, Tommy Hill also transferred. He was potentially your number one corner going into this year. There is a lot of question marks that are in this defense right now. And I think that's the biggest storyline here is what should we expect? Is it fair to anticipate that they can pick up where they left off and just have that next man up mentality? Is it fair to expect that it's going to be a very bad unit? Maybe one of the worst Arizona State's ever fielded? Is it is it fair to just give them the benefit of the doubt and say they'll they'll figure it out? I don't I don't know. There's there's a lot of moving parts here. The, the biggest part, if we just break it, break it down piece by piece, is Merlin Robertson and Kyle Sullier back. Both of them playing middle in the middle of the field for you at the linebacker spots, respectively. That's really good news for you. Not only that, but these are long tenure players. I mean, Merlin Robertson is going into his fifth year. I want to say Soli's going into his fourth, maybe even his fifth year as well. These are guys who are long tenured, long established veteran kind of presences on this defense. That's going to be in like just just so so important for what you're going to be trying to do this year. Because you need those kind of guys. If you didn't have them, oh, Lord knows that this defense would be in a complete tailspin right now. But you do have them. And that could end up being a, a, like, like a saving grace for you, is knowing that you have those guys as kind of like a, like a safety net to fall back on, is they can conduct the defense. You know, Merlin Robertson and Kyle Sully both playing in the middle are going to be able to set up guys for their assignments. They're, I mean, you, you see an audible come in and they're able to adjust the defense and get guys in the right position. They're going to be able to call out plays because these are both guys who are very studious and definitely spend the time in the film room. They're guys who consider themselves perfectionists. You see it on the field. I mean, if, if there were two guys that I like you could guarantee me would be back this year. I, I would be remiss if they weren't these two guys. 
sure, you wish Gentry and Lole and Tommy Hill weren't gone. But you do have the two guys who were both top three in tackles a year ago with Soli leading the team with 88. These are guys who are super important pieces of the, of the defense. In the secondary, I, I'm going to continue to feed a fed horse here. Corey Bethley is going to be good. He is going to be a great free safety who can come down and play in the nickel and range all over the field. I think he's a turnover machine. If he doesn't, if he doesn't work out, then I will eat my hat because I, I truly think that Corey Bethley is in for a special year. Chris Edmonds is another interesting guy, another transfer coming from uh, Samford. It also showed off some ball playing skills when he was with the Bulldogs last year. So if he can find a way to replicate that, oh my God, you got two ball hawking safeties all of a sudden. Now you just need your corners to step up. You got the Markham brothers. You've got Jordan Clark, who's an established nickel. You got Roe Torrance and you got some other guys as well that are going to be in a shuffle in trying to figure out who's going to play where, how much playing time is each guy going to get. You're going to find out. You're going to be able to rotate these guys in, get a healthy mix. That goes for the defensive line too. The difference is the defensive line I feel is a lot deeper and I feel like you have a lot more proven guys compared to the secondary because Omar Norman Lott is coming back because BJ Green is coming back. Uh, you got uh, Hesafi is coming back as well. Michael Mattis is coming back. You bring in Nesta Jade Silvera from the University of Miami. This defensive line definitely has a lot of players on it who I feel ex extremely confident about to rely on them to anchor the front of the defense. I think that they're more than capable of handling their responsibilities, especially with the linebackers right behind them. They'll be able to set them up better. Not only this, but if they do their jobs right, boom, they keep their linebackers jerseys clean. Suddenly we're making plays in the backfield. Suddenly we're pressuring quarterbacks and making the job a little bit easier for the secondary. If you can find a way to develop a pass rush with these guys, that means that the secondary is going to have to cover, you know, like, like a half second less, maybe even a full second, maybe two seconds less than what they would normally have to do, which would allow them to bait quarterbacks into bad decision-making, which obviously results in turnovers. That's the most ideal situation here. Overall, bottom line here for this storyline, what's the defense going to do with so much change? Are, 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 you, are you in store for a massive setback or are you in store for a major comeback that's going to be the biggest storyline here but similar to the offense there's there's lots of different directions you can go with it you can break it down pretty much piece by piece if you want but overall dissecting the defense how are you going to respond to all the transfers and the departures to the nfl let's go ahead and close out our segment second segment when we return we're going to go over one more big storyline for the arizona state sun Devils in 2022 this is the Locked on Sunables podcast. And make sure that you guys are staying in touch with everything Pac-12 by hopping over to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin as he covers everything in the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Make it your second listen of the day. Final storyline here. And this is probably the biggest. What are the expectations for this team? Not the players, not the win-loss record, but looking at athletic director Ray Anderson, looking at head coach Herm Edwards, 
what are our expectations there for them? Is is it about a winning record? Is that is that the end all be all here? If Herm Edwards wins eight games, do we just kind of brush everything under the rug and forget about it? Does it matter what he does? Could he win 10 games and still, you know, get the axe, depending on what's going on with the NCAA? What if he loses every game? What do you do then? At that point, do heads start rolling? What's going on with the athletic department? What do you do with Ray Anderson at that point? There's a lot of outside noise right now. And if you go on Twitter, you see a lot of people are getting upset. A lot of people are starting conversations like this. It, it's a very heated, very touchy and sensitive conversation that people are having right now. And rightfully so. This is something that we should be passionate about. This is something that should concern us. At the end of the day, obviously, I am in the I'm in the boat that you need to root for this team because this is the team you're invested in. This is a group of young men who, you know, the majority of them aren't getting paid. This is a very new, new time that you have the NIL coming in. They're they're getting an education. They're playing a sport for millions of people to watch. But for them, it it's all passion. You know, they're not in the pros where a lot of it has to do with the money that they're making and the marketing that they do. These kids are playing because they love the sport. So for me, yeah, you should be cheering for the team no matter what. But obviously, you're going to have people who are sitting there and looking at Ray Anderson and looking at Herm Edwards and saying, what do we got to do to get you out of here? Or what do we got to do in order to move on from the mistakes you made? There, There's just, there's so many tiny moving parts that are a part of this situation. There's a lot of gray area here. What are you supposed to do? Does winning make you forget everything? Or let, let's say you win 10 games this year, but at the end of the season, you get the announcement from the NCAA and I don't know, let's say it's, it's a, it's like three seasons ban on bowl games. I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall. I mean, at that point, does it matter what they did? Do, do you still move on? Or again, is, is winning the cure for everything? That's probably my biggest storyline here. What are the expectations? Because if you fall short of those expectations, whatever you set them up to be, what's the punishment? Is there a punishment? Do you just kind of forgive and forget and move on? You just went 0-12. Are we just going to pretend that didn't happen? You just went 0-12. Are we cleaning house? You just went 12-0. and are we cleaning house? We just went 12 and 0. Forgive and forget? I don't know. So what are our expectations for Herm Edwards and for Ray Anderson directly? Not the team. Not the rest of the coaching staff. Not the win-loss record. Unless, of course, that is where you're weighing your expectations. I'm not sure. I'm not sure overall what the thought of the fan base is. What the thought behind the players is because that's another thing if these players aren't buying into what you're putting out that that is a whole other problem if you do not have your guys buying into the message that you are putting out which for what it's worth appears to be 
not even close to an issue. You see nothing but praise from the Arizona State Sun Devil football players about the coaching staff. There, there have been no issues there. In fact, there, there's been comments. I don't remember the player who spoke out. In, I'm, I'm not even going to guess who it was. But there was a comment today at uh, like a open open house media day where the player said that there were a lot of you know personalities that left the program and they think that they're going to be better for it. So maybe is that what Herm Edwards and Ray Anderson needed? Was maybe maybe is this a blessing in disguise? You you have all these guys in an exodus from the program, and you're left with a group that is actually bought into what you want to do. So again, to echo this, what's the expectation? Is it going to boil down to wins and losses? Is it going to boil down to what ends up happening with the NCAA violations? I'm not really sure. I I feel like that's kind of the end all be all right now. Is what what are you anticipating to do this year? Are you competing for the Pac-12? Are you tanking the season to hope to move on to a new era? We're going to find out this year. But that's pretty much everything I have for you today on this edition of the Locked on Sunnivals podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. However, wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. If you do like content, make sure that you're keeping up with everything I put out at All Sun Devils from Fan Nation powered by Sports Illustrated. You can find the links to everything that I put out on Twitter. You can follow me at RichieBrad36. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And follow all Sun Devils content at all Sun Devils. That's going to do it for me and the Locked on Sun Devils podcast here, though. So until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.